coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida. Welcome to the Paper Stack Podcast, where we cover current topics in the note industry, give you tactics for your note business, and talk with industry leaders to make you a better note investor. And now, your hosts, Brett Berkey and Rick Allen. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the Paper Stack Podcast. We are doing it from DME, and I have my buddy Cody Cox hey. to talk about a really cool thing. So, we're here in Nashville. Shoot this live yeah. at the event, taking a break while everyone's inside learning. I decided I wanted somebody alone to learn from, so wanted to ask Cody. Cody Cox, first, introduce yourself. Tell us, tell us who you are. Hey, thanks very much. Brad, it's very pleased to be here. It's, it's exciting times. You know, it's good to come after these conferences because they don't happen as frequently and we all can't get to all of them. But, but uh, yeah, so my name is Cody Cox. I am the fund manager for a company called Bridge City Factors that manages funds. And we have a fund that we're closing out here within the next uh, 16 to 18 months. We've got another one that works. We can maybe talk about that one a little bit later. So, so anyway, yeah, so I'm out of the Portland, Oregon area. And we are uh, here at DME, kind of just spread our word, get back a little bit visible. Cool. Uh, I have been in the mortgage industry for just a little over 40 years at this nice. time. And so I kind of understand it a number of different ways, but it's also one of those inter- industries where you learn something new every day. That's cool. I still have a full-time day job where I run the mortgage company for the state of Oregon Veterans Department. It is a separate entity. It has no overlap with the federal VA. It's our own little animal. So I actually uh, have uh, an origination team. We funded $105 million with the pension zone last year. We put 354 veterans into good loans last year in 2022. And I have a servicing portfolio of about $350 million of service. So on top of that, I manage a fund outside of that. So we are, uh, we're raising capital. Wow. And uh, try to buy notes, pay the investors back, try to make a, a business out of that, which I think is important to distinguish yeah. the difference between note investing and a note business. So the note business operates by purchasing loans and paying investors, where I think the note investor is somebody who buys for their own personal portfolio and then reaps the returns on that. So a lot of the folks here... Our, our note investors, for that matter, they're trying to buy notes for themselves, either in you know some sort of uh, tax preferred type account, like an IRA, or some sort of taxable account. There's a few of us here that are raising capital because we have funds, and we're remitting funds back to our investors. Well, so so a little bit difference there, but that's kind of what I do in a in a in a two minute nutshell. So I've never heard it called that word. Yeah, a note business. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. investors. That's things. Yes, yeah. that is true. Now, and I, yeah. I think about it. That is, yeah. that is true. So, so we're going to talk. This is kind of going with the my first notes series where you're buying your first notes. And so as we can tell, Cody's bought a couple. So running that much and we're for the state of Oregon, I'm sure he knows a thing or two. So what we're going to do is kind of take it to the next step of once you buy your first note, how do you go from buying your first notes or kind of things probably how much, how many millions did you say? Well, we're, we're going to try and raise, you know, seven to $10 million four times. Wow. So we're going to kind of do it in segments and tranches at this point in time. But but, you know, it all starts with one number. Yeah. You know, way back whenever that is. And so, you know, I'm from the Portland, Oregon area. I ran the local real estate investor association there for a number of years. And I had this one guy that kept pestering me month after month after month to come in and talk to my group. And so finally I had this guy come, come in. He knows I mentioned his name. His name is Joe Varnador, which many of you guys might know. So I had Joe come in, and as this typical type of re-meetings go, they have a Thursday night 90-minute meeting, followed up by a Saturday all-day seminar. So I'm sitting in the all-day seminar on this Saturday, 
listening to this guy and he's talking about investing in notes. And all of a sudden the light goes off in my head that this is what I need to be doing. This is what I should be doing. Because if you're trying to wholesale properties, or you're trying to do a fix and flip, it's a business to consumer type of transaction, a B2C. Yes. And oftentimes to acquire that particular property, you have to meet with that seller. You have to go out to the property, do your inspection. And if you had a full-time day job, that limits the time that you can go out and talk to somebody. Right. So I'm listening to Joe on this Saturday and go, this is what I need to be doing because in essence, it's a B2B type transaction. You're doing that with other businesses versus consumers, either buying an oak from a hedge fund or raising capital from an investor. That's my business working with another business to try and put that transaction together. Eventually, it trickles down to dealing with the consumer. Right. But most of it's the B2B stuff, and that's what I prefer, uh, you know, because consumers have a lot of emotions you have to deal with, and I prefer to stay away from so, so I bought this note uh, in a place called Klamath Falls, Oregon, okay? And I would bet most of the people, not all of you, most of the people have no idea where Klamath Falls, Oregon is, but it's a little town in southern Oregon, just inside the California border. And the borrower on this particular house was about, hadn't paid their mortgage for two to three years, okay? okay. So it had been a long time, and that person had bought the house as a second home which I thought was interesting because Klamath Falls is not the ideal vacation spot, but still she brought it on her second haul. Uh, and that there's a, a significance in that that I'll, I'll talk about here in a, in a second. And so basically we acquired that note and I paid $12,500 for that note. Uh, I bought it from a hedge fund. I'd been at this point in time, I'd been reaching out to hedge funds and, and I found it with a hedge fund. It, for whatever reason it was, you know, not, not a lot of people would invest in Oregon. Not a lot of people were aware of some of the various nuances with properties in Oregon. This happened to be probably in like 20, what was the calls? 2012, 2013, somewhere in there. So it's just before, you know, every, well, things had already blown up. There was a lot of REO properties, a lot of non-performing loans, which this one was. And so I bought it for 12.5 and then went on this journey to try and find this borrower because it was a second home. This borrower lived in Southern California, and all I had was her name, which I'm not sure I had the accurate name. And somehow I ran across a guy, the new guy in California, that might be able to track this person down, and they did. It was like, how does this happen? And so they tracked it down, and so what I did is I said, I want to see if they'll do a deed in lieu, yeah. rather than me go through a foreclosure process. And so what I offered them is, is because this was a second home and not owner occupies are applicable, that you can actually sue for a deficiency judgment. Yeah. So she owed me, you know, $100,000 on the note itself. And if I'd have sold that for $50,000, I could have sued her for that difference, that deficiency. Wow. Now, in an owner occupied property, you don't, you're not allowed to do the deficiency or sue for that, but in Oregon at least. But at this one, I could. So what I did is I offered to this homeowner, this borrower, that I would waive my right to sue for deficiency if she just needed the property opportunity. And so she did it. I mean, I thought that was a pretty good trade-off. So I took back a deed in lieu of foreclosure. Uh, I acquired this note in the middle of November of 2013, I think it was. And it took me six months to track down this borrower, get the proper paperwork, 
executed for the deed in lieu. Once we recorded the deed in lieu, and then I had to record a satisfaction of mortgage to get all that stuff a clean title, I listed the property with one of the best real estate agents in Klamath Falls, Oregon. On, on a Monday, the property sold on Friday in May. I closed it by the end of May for $25,000. So I made in, in eight months or six months, eight months, whatever that was, I doubled my money, which on an annualized basis was a return of 105% in my IRA. I bought it in my IRA. So all that money went right back into my IRA tax-free. That's awesome. And that was my first note. And so it motivates you when your first note goes well. Yeah, you know? So then you're, then you're eager for the second one and so on and so forth. So, so what I did at that particular point in time is I did that in my IRA. I now have a case study that I could take to maybe some other investors, other funding opportunities, say, look what I can do. And so I started another entity. We started using some joint venture capital to purchase the properties, joint venture with them, go through the process of foreclosing or deed lieu or even performing loans, whatever. And that just kind of buoyed me through a season of some, uh, about four or five years of, of working this other entity. And then it came to the point where I felt like it was more necessary to start a fund. I see that. Yeah, and so in, in uh, 2020, 2020 uh, we brought our first fund to market. And uh, that was a closed fund. We're in the process of, of liquidating that fund. We'll probably start real that uh, aggressively uh, coming up about 12 months from now. Okay. But we'll already start uh, our next month. Cool. And so uh, we're on our way to doing something at a bigger level. And because I really want to get out of the day job. I talked about the day job. Uh, I uh, am ready to focus 100% on this because I think between myself and my son, who's brilliant, we can, we can really make some waves for some potential investors and for ourselves. I get it. And so that's that's kind of what I've, I've been up to. That's what how well my first note was. It's one of those things that motivates you. They did the second note. I could see that. Yeah. So did you ever go in the education or just that day? I, I went through some education, but the, but I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm uniquely positioned Excellent. because I have 40 years in the mortgage industry. <laughs> yeah, 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 and so I kind of have an understanding of that. Also... Uh, I, I went to work for about 18 to 22 months with the state of Oregon for the hardest hit funds. Oh, you did? Remember that? So I worked for the state of Oregon. It was a hardest hit fund state. Explain so, what the hardest hit So the hardest hit funds is when, when the, the mortgage catastrophe happened in 2008, 2009, 2010. Uh, the U.S. Treasury came up with like $7.2 billion to send out to like 28, 29 states to help them stop the foreclosure process and help homeowners stay in their house. And so I think the state of Oregon got like $340 million for that purpose. And I was part of that team that helped find borrowers that could use the money and we would make payments for them for 12 months or bring the loan current uh, and a number of different things. It was great for investors who had bought that note because now all of a sudden the state was going to pay to bring that note current. And so all your, you reminded a huge discount and, and then bring in the loan current. So all that money came right back to the investors. I actually was fortunate, Brett, that I was what were they called the servicer liaison. Okay. So I was a single point of contact for all the servicers that will parti participate in the Oregon program. And so I grew our participation, participating lenders from about 55 when I came on board 
to 225 when I finally left. Wow. And so I have contacts for all these servicers all across the country. But I also got to see what that hardest hit puns program failed because not every borrower qualified or they got the money, but then they went right back into delinquency and we ended up having to foreclose every, you know, anyway. Uh, so I got to see, you know, all these things happen. So like I say, I'm really uniquely positioned because my whole life and my whole career has been in the mortgages. Yeah, yes, that's a yeah, good yeah. transition. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is kind of cool. It's a, it's a, you know, it's it's, it's, a, it's a blessing, uh, but I could I, I become a resource too for Rotterdam. So, yeah, that's uh, so. Before we uh, one last question is like, how long does it take? Well, so so that's a funny for people are listening. Uh, oh, he's got a really long beard. He can yeah, he yeah. can double on uh, ZZ top. Yeah, really. And, and somebody asked me yesterday, how long are you gonna let it grow? And my answer was until I could play the guitar like Billy Gibbons. <laughs> so, so actually, uh, you know, November is Men's Snow Shade November birth, okay? Or what okay. they call it, November. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of an awareness for men's health. And I've done this every year. Actually, I had a beer for a long time, similar to yours, and kept it real short. Then November came and I kind of grew it out. And then on December 1st, I'd always shave it back. Well, in, in November of 2021, I decided I just say what happens. This is what happens. So I just kind of let it grow. I go, I go once a month. I go to my grower, who kind of keeps it trimmed and, and shaved real well. But uh, I, it's it turned out well. Uh, and uh, as long as I keep it real trimmed uh, and keep it real full, I like it. I also heard through the grapevine that you, you have to beer with. Uh, actually, one of the things I did so early on when the beer started getting all already created his own beer. Yeah, I, I have another side hustle, if you will, where I've created my own beard butter. Beard the butter. beard butter, because guys with longer beards like to put the butter in it. Shorter beards will put some oil in it. But I actually make some beard butter that I use myself, and I sell it to about, I've got about four or five different clients that are buying it, and eventually that might turn into something a little bit bigger. But, you know, my focus is still on notes uh, and acquiring notes and running a note business, but this is something that's kind of fun. I can see that, but that'd be quite. Yeah, I, I jokingly say I cook it in my kitchen. So, so that's what I'm doing right now is I cook it in my kitchen and, and uh, you know, have a double boiler, melt down a couple different type of butters that are all natural. Uh, and uh, and uh, it, it's actually a nice little product. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, uh, really cool. that's a really cool story, man. Yeah. yeah. It only makes sense you'd end up in the dark space. Yeah. Which is your background. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know it yet. Went that deep. But that's pretty cool. So that was, uh, that was good. I learned a lot. I, I think I'm taking the takeaway of the difference between a note investor and a note business. Yeah. That's actually like it, 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 it. It's a mindset switch. It is. It is because it's a difference between running a business and the skills it takes to run a business, and the various vendors and assisting that you have to go along with that, versus you know uh, buying notes for your own portfolio, which right. I do as well, especially in my self-directed IRA. Right. So, so those are things that I do. I do both sides of it with the focus here, but also if the right opportunity comes. I have some capital in my IRA uh, that I can buy those too. So cool. So uh, I guess last question: Where, where can we find? Where? Well, we have a website. Again, my company is Rich City Factors. So you go to www.richcityfactors.com, and my email is simply Cody C O D Y and Rich City Factors. You got a customer What's that? What's what can people invest with? Uh, right at the moment, we're in between. Okay, so, so our current fund is kind of closed. We're liquidating at some point in time. We hope to bring the new fund on market here sometime in the fall. 
Yes. When you liquidate, you, you can sell back to your own new fund, right? We probably could. Yeah, they could. Yeah, yeah. But I want to also, because the investors are part of the initial fund, have oh, an expectation to get their money back. But we could actually buy those notes on a new fund and still pay them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, so t- just last question, because this is one people might ask is, why, why do you have to, like, people, why, why has he got to sell his, his notes? I mean, we tell him the reason why, because in a fund, there's a reason why. Well, in, in the first fund that we, we brought up, we had a five-year fund date uh, on. So the expiration on date, uh, date that is set in writing by a private placement memorandum says December 31st, 2024. And so we had a two-year period where we could acquire new capital from investors, and then we have a two-year period, year four and year five, which we're in right now, that requires us to start liquidating and start paying back our investors. So we have to follow all all the provisions that we have in that private placement memorandum because it's lawful to do it, it's the right thing to do, it's ethical to do, and hopefully these investors will be pleased with what we've done and move over to the new fund as well. So there's some continuity in that. And, you know, one of the things that we've heard a couple of times that I think is real important for everybody to understand, if you are going to invest with a fund or a sponsor or another investor, your biggest thing is to vet that sponsor. See, that's really who you're investing with, not so much the fund, but you're investing with that person who is sponsoring the fund. And so do all the vetting, do all the background check, ask for a background check. Yep. And, and know who you're putting your money is. There's there's too many folks out there. There's too many opportunities for somebody to take your $200,000 and you never see it again. So so make sure you know who you're working with. It is very sad, but it happens. Yeah, so. All right, well, I guess that's all for this one on buying your first note. That was yeah. a pretty cool one. And it's yeah. a pretty cool venue to do it. Yeah. So we have more. So yeah, just read Cody's contact information in the, the description. So if you want to reach out to yeah. say hi, yeah, we'll get some beer butter here. What was it? Beer butter. Beer butter, yeah. Beer butter. Um, that's hard to say five times a bit. Beer butter, beer butter. Yeah, that's hard to say. Thanks enough. Thanks so much. Hard thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah. Good to see you again. Yeah. All right. Are you new to the mortgage note industry? Have you been wanting to learn the step-by-step process to purchase your first mortgage note? Well, you're in luck. We've convinced our CEO, Rick Allen, to break down everything he knows about mortgage note investing. Through a series of 50 videos, you'll get everything from start to finish of where to purchase notes, how to purchase notes, and all of Rick's investing techniques he has developed over the many years. From performing note tactics to non-performing notes, Rick gives you everything he knows about investing. Bonuses include our glossary of industry terms, Rick's own proprietary calculators he created to evaluate notes, discounts from our partners, our Rolodex of vendors, a private Facebook group, along with a lot more. We've packed so much content into the Academy to take you from beginner to expert in no time. To learn more about the Academy, go to academy.paperstack.com welcome. Again, that is academy.paperstack.com welcome.